0: Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Hey, everybody. Welcome, all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here today. i um, excited about today. We're in week three of our series called Committed. And my dear friend, uh, Mike Foster, is here to speak today. And he's gonna just kinda continue this theme of, of being committed. Week one, we talked about being committed to Jesus. Last week, we talked about being committed to a healthy marriage. And today, being committed to kind of knowing yourself and and, and what is my deepest need. That's a really important thing. And so I want you across all of our campuses and all of us here at Frisco East give our friend Mike Foster a huge, huge hand as he comes to bring the word. Hey, good morning. Good morning. It is so great to be with you. I love, I love John. He is an amazing man. You guys are so lucky to have him as your pastor. Do you agree with that? I mean, seriously. I, I get to be in a lot of different churches around the country, and this guy, I'm telling you, what a gift! What a gift he is. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about our deepest need. I want us to explore the, the hidden program that many of us have. I'm a, I'm a counselor. I'm an author, and I help people understand their emotional needs, knowing that the needs that we have are so critical in terms of whether we're going to experiencing, experience the flourishing life that God has for us. One of my favorite rides that I was uh, used to ride as a kid when I was growing up at Disneyland was the motorboat cruise. And it was this little boat ride thing that, uh, as an eight-year-old kid, I'd love... Um, you know, every time we, we went uh, once a year uh, to Disneyland, I'd head straight over to this ride, we'd get on that ride, my, my mom would, or dad would sit with me, and they would allow like an eight-year-old kid to drive this little boat all around Fantasyland Lagoon. And I thought it was uh, incredible that they trusted an 8-year-old with this sort of responsibility to drive around. There's other boats out there. There was the submarines. You they make sure you didn't, you know, hit, run into the monorail uh, pylon. I mean, there was a lot of responsibility given to an 8-year-old. But here I was behind the wheel of the boat driving around uh, Fantasy Land Lagoon. And then after a few minutes, I'd bring the boat back in, dock it, and then the next kid would get in the boat. A few years later, as I was a much wiser 11-year-old, I, I got on the ride once again because it was my favorite ride. And I, I realized that not was all, it, it wasn't quite what I remembered. In fact, some of the things were I turned the wheel and its boat started to turn, but then it would start to turn back. And I'm like, hey, what, what's going on here? Well, I wised up and realized that there was a track underneath the water that was actually directing my course in this boat. I was not the captain of my own ship. I was not given all this responsibility. There was a track that was determined by Walt Disney himself of where I would go around Fantasyland Lagoon. I always wondered, like, when I came into the dock, like, why I always did such a great job at that. Well, now I know. (laughs) It's basically a topia, the little car ride in the water, but I didn't see the track. And that's what I wanna talk about this morning, your track, my track. The thing underneath the water that a lot of us don't realize is driving our little boat. And that thing uh, that I wanna refer to is that, that track is called the primal question. And the primal question is our highest apex emotional need that we have. And when that need is met, we are our best selves. But when that need is not met, it impacts everything. It impacts our relationships, it impacts our work, it impacts how we see God, how we see ourselves. And so the primal question is the thing underneath the thing that drives everything. And if you're not aware of it, and if you don't see it, and if you pretend and and sort of live in denial that that need is not important, then you are not going to be in control of your life. And the thing about God is that God wants us to understand what that need is so he can come in and meet it and say yes to that primal question that we have. Philippians 4, 19, it says, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. See his relationship with you. His, his whole way of being with you is that he wants to come in and meet that need. Speak to that need, fulfill that need. But do you know what that need is? Do you have clarity? Do you have language? Can you express it to Him and, and, and to your friends and to your spouse? Do you know what your track is? Now, some of us grew up in families and uh, situations, or, or maybe have certain beliefs about our needs, and we think of our needs as, as weakness and we judge our needs. Or some of us grew up in, in families where, where we just never had the opportunity to talk about our needs. In fact, it, it wasn't allowed to have a need. We just had to suppress the, whatever that was and, and just kind get of on, get on with our lives and, and not make too much commotion or not talk about our feelings or our needs. Those things were not allowed perhaps in your family. But God created you, okay? And he created human beings to be be, to need him and to need each other. And I, I know some of you maybe this morning are going, does God even care about my deepest need? Because it feels like nobody else does. But he does. He says this in Psalms 34. He says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. See, God wants to enter into that deepest need, whatever it might be this morning. And some of you, like, y- you've, you've been struggling your whole life to, to, to grasp and, and reach and, and perform and do all of these things just to have that need met. And that's what I want to uh, kind of demonstrate here is that basically the, the concept is this. No, I don't want that color. I want no, nope, not that color. They gave me three options back there. I, I picked the third one. Um, the, uh, here's, here's basically how it works. So in our early childhood, and this is uh, four years of research, 6,000 hours of one-on-one interviews, 32,000 assessments, and 22 group labs to come up with this concept of the primal question, to give language to our deepest need, how it got there, how it influences our life, and also our gifts and our strengths. And so in our early childhood, we grow up, and um, uh, there's a question that goes unanswered, a question about love and security or purpose or success or feeling valued around, around security. Whatever it might be, there's a question that you had as a child that went unanswered or was answered with a no. And so then we grow up to be adults and we're carrying this question, the primal question, and we subconsciously keep asking it to society, to our spouse, at work, to our kids, to friends, anybody, we just subconsciously keep asking this primal question. And here's how it works. When your primal question, we'll just use primal question number 4, which I'll talk about in just a moment, am I wanted? If that's your primal question, whatever the primal question is, you you keep asking that subconsciously. And when you get a yes, life is good. Because this primal question represents your highest emotional need to be wanted. So when that is met, your life is good. You are flourishing. You feel good about yourself. You feel good about your relationships. But what happens when that primal question is answered with a no or a maybe? Well, you go into what I call the scramble And the scramble is all the dysfunctional things that we do to try to force the answer back to a yes in order for life to be good again. People-pleasing, workaholicism, over-responsibility, control, hypervigilance. All of these behaviors that we do are part of our scramble to meet that emotional need that to our primal question so we can get a yes again, so that life can be good. And that's the model. That's how it works. And so when you're getting yeses in life, you're flourishing. But when you're getting no's or maybes, you're living in your scramble. And most of us spend way too much time in our scramble. Way too much time abandoning ourselves to meet that need. And basically what has happened and what the research shows is that the strategies that you use today as an adult to meet that need were strategies that you figured out as a kid. It's what I call kid logic. And so that kid logic is trying to now to solve adult problems. And that's why we have to look at the track. Because when we're using kid logic to solve adult problems, life is not going to work very well. The other thing that I know to be true in terms of all the research is that God When he he wants to say, yes, 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 every single moment, every single day, to your primal question, he wants to meet that need. So let me go through the seven questions, and if you want to take notes, you write down the seven questions, and then at the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to uh, take a, a short quiz that you can do later on this afternoon to find out and discover what your primal question might be. But the first primal question, primal question number one is, am I safe? And this is the need for physical and emotional safety. And this is my primal question. And again, it's a very simple reason why it got there, because I've shared this story before, but when I was uh, young, my parents used to send me over to a family friend's house to spend the night. And that family friend was not to be trusted, because that person sexually abused me when I went over there and spent the night. And because of that trauma and because of that abuse, I never felt safe from that point on. See, there's an imprint. There was a question, am I safe? Little Mike was just going, is someone gonna protect me? Is somebody gonna rescue me? Is somebody gonna help me? And so I got imprinted with that question around safety. And now I carry that question in my adult life. And I see how it plays out all the time. I, I'm probably the only person in this room right now who has 22 nightlights in his house, okay? Because I'm a scared of the dark. I'm the only guy who's probably like thinking about all the different ways that something could go wrong today or at lunch. Or I'm, 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 I'm thinking about all the strategies of making, when I, when I uh, uh, go to like a restaurant, I'm always making sure like how do I get out of here if there's a fire, just this hyper-vigilance around safety and my own protection. And it wasn't until I realized and really discovered what was going on, what my deep emotional need for safety was, then I was able to actually understand, like, oh, that's what's going on. Oh, that's why I get triggered when I don't feel safe. When I, you know, I tell my wife, never throw Mike Foster a surprise party, okay? Does not want that, okay? But I also understand like my relationship with God, why, why the, the verses in the Bible around God being my, my, my protector meant so much to me. In fact, Psalm 18 is one of my favorite verses, verse 2. It says, the Lord is my protector. He is my strong fortress. My God is my protection, and with him I am safe. He protects me like a shield. He defends me and keeps me safe never really realized that my whole entire relationship with God is yes I want to be loved by God but more importantly I want to be protected by God because that speaks to my deepest need question number two primal question number two is am I secure and this is just the need for financial security and connection I have a client that I work with his name's Davis and he flies in on his 30 million dollar jet and I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars that he's worth, but he's worth a lot. And his primal question is, am I secure? Because he grew up in a family that never had enough. Bill collectors, people knocking on the door for payment. He, he had this imprint that, that, that finances were a problem in his family. And so he just was wondering for years and years as a child, are we secure, am I secure? And you look at him and you, you go like, hey, Davis, like, you have enough money. You have enough resource. But what I tell people all the time is that, that math is no match for emotions. You know, he can look at his bank accounts. And trust me, he does all the time. Because he he's, has this need that he, he does not want to get a no. And so he's figured out all kinds of ways to guarantee yeses we know this in second corinthians says this and this is what i'd say to davis and to anybody with this question of wondering whether you're financially secure says this and god is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you'll abound in every good work god cares about your finances god cares about your bank accounts he's going to provide for you and you can be secure Knowing that he wants to answer that question for you, question number three: am I loved? This is the need to feel seen and heard and known. Many of you in the room right now carry this question and you keep asking it over and over again, "Am I loved? am I loved? am I loved my wife 's primal question is this question, and um, you know th- knowing that that is the question that she asks all the time in our relationship gives me an advantage. Because now I know in order to have a successful relationship with my wife, all I need to do is make sure that, I, that she knows that I love her, that I listen to her, that I want to know her, that I see her. It, it's not, you know, I, I do a lot of couples counseling. I use this tool and I use the primal questions and I encourage the spouses to, to imagine each other with a sign around their neck with their question uh, for me it'd be am i safe and for my wife it'd be am i loved and all we have to do to have a successful relationship and a successful marriage is answer each other's primal question with a yes most of our conflict most of our our, our problems in our marriage is because we're inadvertently answering no or maybe to each other's primal questions so we can get away with we get 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 away from all that that nonsense, all the drama, and we can just go straight to what's going on. What's going on there is a need is not being met. The greatest need in my wife is not being met or the greatest need in me is not being met. And so we can talk about that openly and talk about the right things. Jen, how can I answer yes to your primal question of am I loved? And Jen, here's how you can answer yes to my primal question, am I safe?" Love what the Bible says about, about love. It says that steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So if you're in, in the, the audience right now and you have this primal question, you can trust this, this incredible verse. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. It's 100% all the time. Again, God's saying to you, if you have the primal question of am I loved, he's saying yes, yes, yes steadfastly all the time. Now here's one of the beautiful things about the primal question and the research shows this is that whatever our primal question is, we take it and we put it over everybody else and assume they're asking the same question. And then we attune to that question and that person and and we answer it with a yes. It really gives us this superpower, this relational genius, this relational strength. So one of the strengths that I have is helping people feel safe. It's why people tell me their uh, deepest, darkest secrets after knowing me for about two minutes. Why? Because I'm helping them feel safe. And I didn't learn that in school, but I earned that PhD because I've been studying safety From as a little child all the way to my adulthood, I know everything about it. Just like Davis knows everything about security and my wife knows everything about love. See, the thing that you need most is the thing that you want to give away. And isn't that just the story of God that he takes the brokenness, the messiness, the wounds, the pain of our childhood and the things that we've gone through and he turns it into the superpower. He turns it into this supernatural gift that we can use. It's called the primal gift. And it's because we take our question and we put it over everybody else. Fourth question is, am I wanted? And this is a need to feel accepted, pursued, and to belong. I wanna share a little bit about your pastor. I didn't get his permission, but I'm sure he'd be fine with this because we were talking about this about a year ago when I was doing some of the research and uh, writing the book. And uh, John's primal question is, am I wanted? Again, that early childhood imprint of being adopted. And all of you know his story about that. And the thing that I love about John, about this need that he has to feel, to feel wanted and to get those yeses, is that he takes his primal question and he puts it over all of you. And he puts it over this church and the vision for this church. And guess what the message of John is to you and to everybody in this community? You're wanted. Come belong. Come be a part of us. It is the focus of his life and the vision and everything that he lives for because he wants to answer yes, yes, yes to the primal question of am I wanted? Are you wanted? You sure are. And this is what John is, is his own need. He wants yeses, but he also wants to give yeses to everybody that walks through the doors of Hope Fellowship. is that a beautiful gift? Isn't that incredible how God can use when we understand our need and, and how that can be an, an incredible superpower to help others? Question number five is the, the primal question of am I successful? And this is the need to be appreciated for their contributions to win and avoid failure. See, some of you grew up in homes where where competition was uh, what it was all about—scores and, and grades, and how many runs do you put on the board? And um, you know, I think about a client that I worked with where uh, his primal question was, "Am I successful?" And he told he told me about one of his his memories from his childhood was when he uh, he was a pitcher and played little league baseball, and every time that he had a good game. He'd get in the car with his dad, and his dad would be really chatty and talkative, and and really excited, and be lots of good energy in the car on the way home. But when my client played poorly on the field, and he got in the car with his dad, his dad was quiet, he didn't talk, didn't say much. And so he, uh, my client, would just got imprinted with this question, wondering like, do I just have to? perform I have to win I have to to put put runs on the board I have to have great grades his whole uh, theme of his life became success as because if he was successful then dad would talk and if he was unsuccessful or failed dad was quiet again we can look at this as adults and go like that doesn't make sense but these just give yourself compassion that you're just trying to figure out how life works And you're you're taking in these messages. And by the way, this is not an opportunity to blame our parents either. This is not a, a, a tool where you can just say, like, my parents are the reason why I am the way that I am. No, this is just confusion. This is what happens. We're big sponges as kids, and we're taking in these messages, just trying to figure out how life works and how to meet that need within us. Question number six, am I good enough? This is what happens when um, many people uh, grow up in critical homes, perhaps mom was always very critical about what you wore or what you looked like or your hair or maybe dad was really critical about your friends and you just felt this sense of judgment, you never felt like you measured up, that somehow you were flawed and people who have this primal question of am I good enough often feel a lot of inadequacy and insecurity They struggle with shame. And boy, I I tell you, these these are the folks that need to know and have an intimate relationship with God's grace. To know that He sees you and sees your worth and sees your value and He sees you as His son and His daughter. That you are good enough to be a part of His family. So you don't have to ask that question anymore Am I good enough? Because God's answering it with a yes. If I could write a prescription for all the questions, for all the, 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 the deep needs that we have, and the questions that we ask about whether we're safe or secure, whether we're loved or wanted, successful, or if we're good enough, it'd be to take the question and then turn it into a statement. That I no longer show up in my marriage or or in in my workplace or in society asking my primal question, but I'm living in what I call the primal truth where I take my question and turn it into a statement. I am safe, or am I safe becomes I am safe. Am Am I loved becomes I am loved. Am I good enough becomes I am good enough. See, because as long as we're asking the question We live at the mercy of whatever the answer might be. But when we live in the truth of of who we are, that we are safe, that we are loved, that we are wanted, that we are successful, that we are good enough, that we are secure, we know that God has answered yes, that for us in that very profound and powerful way. We no longer have to live in that scramble. And question number seven Final question is, do I have purpose? You know what the research shows on this question is that a lot of people who grew up in Christian homes have this as their primal question. This is the question that drives them. This is their track. To to make sure that their life has, has significance and to live a life of impact and meaning. And when that's happening, you are flourishing. You feel great, but sometimes there's seasons in life where it doesn't feel like we're having a lot of impact. It feels like maybe we're stuck or we're, we're, we're not sure what God's calling is in our life. I, a lot of people who have this primal question, I always describe it as a lot of times they struggle with, I, with what I call calling angst. And they feel like there's some particular thing that they're supposed to be doing for God. There's some particular specific pathway that they're supposed to find. And if they don't find it, then their life is not going to have purpose. And again, this is just because there's confusion around it. There's confusion around what purpose is. Let me, let me tell you folks, if this is your primal question, there hasn't been a single day in your life that hasn't been loaded up with purpose and significance. You no longer have to ask the question anymore. Every moment is a moment of significance in God's eyes. I have a friend named Jonathan and he's a CEO of this talent agency and he grew up in, with missionary parents and so he... This question is his primal question. And he thinks about purpose and impact nonstop all the time because it's his deepest need. He wants his life to have meaning. And so he leads this really successful company, uh, 100 100 plus employees. And last year he uh, decided that he wanted to take all of his employees down to Mexico to build homes for the homeless. So he took office days. He paid a lot of money to fly everybody into San Diego. And then he drove across the border to Tijuana and he spent three days on Jonathan's company dime to pay everybody, pay all travel expenses. It was just like they were, they didn't, he didn't force them to take vacation time. This was like paid work time. What was Jonathan doing? He saw. I just wanna have more purpose and impact in the work that we're doing in this company. But he also is putting his primal question over all of his employees. Do I have purpose? Well, he wanted to answer that with a yes. I'm gonna take you to Mexico and I'm I'm gonna help you have impact like you've never had impact before. And so with that need, understanding that deep need within you, it's not only something to, to manage, and to be aware of, to put language to. But It's also something to understand this incredible strength and gift that you have and then to deploy it out into the world. So I'm very clear about what my mission is. My mission is to help people feel safe, to, to, have, uh, to feel protected, to have dangerous conversations, to, to help people feel like, like it's gonna be okay because it is gonna be okay. Because I know, because I know everything about risk and safety and danger. It's going to be okay. Whatever your question is, John, John, John's am I wanted question. What a gift that he brings to Hope Fellowship. So understanding that need, meeting that need, asking God to meet that need. Asking our spouse to meet that need. For us to take responsibility in communicating that need. That's what we want to see happen. We can hold on to the promise of 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, for all the promises of God in him are what? Yes. And in him, amen to the glory of God through us. Yes, yes, yes. You don't have to live in your scrambling. So here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna put a QR code on the screen right now. And if you get out your phone, um, you can take a picture just or get, open up your camera app and that will take you to a free assessment. It takes about five minutes to do and that will help you identify what your primal question is, what your deepest need is. Now listen, we're gonna have all pieces of all seven but there's one question that is driving everything for you. So if you take the quiz, it just takes a few minutes. It's totally free. Uh, you'll be able to begin, begin this journey of understanding what your track is, what your need is, and to be able to, to manage, it, manage it in a more healthy way and not live in your scramble, not live in this kid logic that you can communicate to your friends and your spouse and your coworkers like how to answer yes to that primal question that you carry, Pro- but probably more important allow God to say yes to your deepest need. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, thank you so much for who you are, for caring about us, for loving us, for wanting to be in relationship with us around our deepest, deepest desire and deepest need. God, we thank you that You met our greatest eternal and spiritual need by rescuing us. Sending your son, Jesus, to die for us so that we could be in relationship with you. God, give us the strength and the vulnerability to consider what's underneath the water of our heart to look at the things that, that drive our life so we can let you heal them and free them. God, we love you for loving us. Thank you for, for being in relationship with us and helping us flourish and thrive in our lives. It's in your son's name we pray, amen.